0: Hi, and welcome back to NFL Game Time Podcast. With your hosts, I'm Alex Rubinson. And I'm Shai Dweck. The NFL season is just a few weeks away, as we're going to go division by division in the NFC to start it off, and just break down each division and what each team has to do to qualify a successful season. So Shai, let's get right into it, because it's Game game Time! So, shy. let's start with the NFC East, a division that was not great last year. I'm putting it generously as, you know, Dallas, I expect that defense to be better, but how much better? Washington making a change at quarterback. The Giants upgrading the receiving core along with other aspects of their defense. Obviously, that offensive line is is still a cause for concern, and Philly, which seems to be more rebuilding right now, although they Devontae Smith was a nice pickup, and they do have some decent pieces as they see what they have in their, in their young quarterback, in Jalen Hurts. So, Shai, where do you kind of want to start off here in the, uh, in the NFC East that, as a division, I think we can expect to improve this year?
1: Yeah, let's start uh, at the top, the team that won the division last year, and the Washington football team. Um, as you said, making what many people thought was a surprising move, bring in Fitzmagic, Ryan Fitzmagic, Fitzpatrick, of course, on a one-year deal. And I think this was surprising to a lot of people. Um, maybe because they thought Taylor Heineke could be there, maybe they would draft a guy, you know, maybe they were interested in in a Mac Jones in the draft. Obviously, we know what happened with that. But I really like this move, and I think this is very much of a win-now-let's-compete type of a, of a contract to sign, and I think that uh, in itself is going to kind of help set the expectations for this team that seemed hungry, uh, reinvigorated by the arrival of Ron Rivera last year, and I think they're expecting to return to the playoffs and, and get a game under their belt in the win column.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is a team that I believe has won one playoff game uh, in the 21st century, which obviously is not up to their standards, that although they haven't enjoyed recent success, a team that has won three Super Bowls, a team that has experienced uh, winning in their history. I also really liked a move that did not get as much attention, mainly because of the Ryan Fitzpatrick signing, but the William Jackson signing. Uh, I thought obviously you know in today's NFL where passing games are consistently evolving, you need two to three really good cornerbacks. I thought William Jackson, uh, I I thought the value was okay, not not a steal by any stretch, but I wouldn't say they you know completely overpaid at all either. So I think obviously we talk all about that great defensive line, Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, Deron Deron Payne, and of course Chase Young. But now they pair it with just a much more experienced and well-rounded secondary. I also think they're not really relying on Landon Collins to come back from his Achilles injury at full strength. Obviously, it's an added bonus if he does. But uh, this Washington uh, team as a as a whole should be just more well-balanced than it was last year. Uh, from an offensive standpoint, with Fitzmagic, I expect it to be more explosive than it was. And, you know, credit to what Alex Smith came back, but at that point in his career, he was mainly a dink and dunk type of guy when obviously we all know Ryan Fitzpatrick is not scared to air it out down the field. I think the one thing that is getting overlooked, though, is Fitzpatrick is not the most consistent quarterback. He's not the most consistent. He might throw for five touchdowns in week one and everyone's going to go ballistic. And then week two, he might throw for five interceptions. So I think how consistent can he be, I think, can ultimately, will, will ultimately dictate that Washington's season as a whole,
1: I think that's very fair, and I think, uh, I think it was strategic to pair him or have a guy like Taylor Heineke behind him. Both kind of play a similar style. We saw when Taylor Heineke got out there, he was very much of a gunslinger, like Fitzmagic, taking shots over the middle of the field, and I think that's the type of offense that they want to run. Uh, kind of an a, a offense that you know ru- wants to run the ball with Antonio Gibson, but also isn't afraid to uh, hit you where it hurts over the top, um, if, if you will, when the defense comes in the box. So I think to kind of get that competition of two guys that have a similar play style um, well, is, is going to make a lot of sense for a team that wants to win games on the defensive side of the ball, um, but also bring that energy and, and toughness on the other side as well.
0: Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see where Washington finishes At season's end, this is a team that obviously has playoff aspirations. Is making the playoffs enough to qualify this a successful season for Washington? Obviously, they made the playoffs last year, but it was mainly because of the division as a whole not living up to its standards. If they win the division with a much more respectable record, but then lose in the playoffs, how do you put that that season in perspective, maybe from Washington's standpoint?
1: Yeah, I think that this is a team that is... Probably is expected to win this division and probably on paper uh, the most talented roster in this division. Um, so I, I think that for Washington football team, both internally as an organization and the fan base would like to see this team really have a strong showing in the playoffs and win a playoff game. And it may seem like a lot to ask, um, but I think for a team that's got uh, the veteran there at quarterback... Um, that's that's shown the ability to run the ball effectively and played very good defense last year those are the the three ingredients that allow a team to make a splash in the postseason so i think that's not too much to ask from this washington football team
0: so now let's move on to the dallas cowboys obviously a very disappointing last season last year Obviously, it hurt that they lost their star quarterback in Dak Prescott, a guy who was on pace to be right in the thick of the MVP conversation before breaking his ankle, and that, with that broken ankle, the playoff hopes of the Dallas Cowboys pretty much broke as well. This Obviously, the defense got a lot of, uh, took a lot of grief over the offseason, and deservedly so. I do expect, though, with the hire of Dan Quinn, I think this is going to be a Much better defense. I think you look at the talent. The talent, I think, is there at least at the front end with Demarcus Lawrence. And, you know, we'll see Randy Gregory. Obviously, he's had some off the field issues, but I think he can still be a solid guy opposite of Lawrence on the defensive line. I really like this linebacking core headlined by first round pick Micah Parsons. You add in Lane Vander Esch and Jalen Smith. This linebacking core can do a lot of different things. I think Dan Quinn. Can have a field day with how he deploys them all and I really think it really opens up your defense and how you can create mismatches with all the different things in terms of coverage blitzing kind of roaming in space and I think it can maybe make up for some of the deficiencies the secondary does have I like Trayvon Diggs and I like Kelvin Joseph their second round pick so I think they have good secondary guys as number two corners But for me, they're still missing that big number one corner that can guard one-on-one with any of the big-name receivers, you know, whether it's, you know, especially in the division, you know, Kenny Galladay, Terry McLaurin, you know, we'll see if Devontae Smith can take that year one leap. But I think that's the missing piece to making Dallas more of a serious threat, uh, maybe in terms of even winning a playoff game, is I think they're still missing that number one corner.
1: Uh, I think that's, that's absolutely right. The secondary is young. It's... Inexperience, and, and it's gonna be a lot to ask. Um, actually, to have this Dallas defense really step up, and I know that uh, from the point that they were last season, that may that might kind of seem silly, but I think the main point of emphasis is gonna be stopping the run. As much as the secondary was an issue last season, that is a thing that's gonna drive NFL coaches crazy. You need to stop the run, and I think that's gonna um, allow this defense to play. Uh, more balanced to get off the quarterback more um, and just allow rush to help coverage and I think that's going to be the key for this Dallas defense to improve in those areas and I think offensively though is where obviously they're going to be expected to win these games and I think the big point of emphasis for me on that side of the ball is can Dak Prescott close games can he leave he showed it last
0: year against I think the Atlanta game was a big one and I think he showed he's yeah again regular season he hasn't done you know big big games yet but he has shown the he showed the ability a little last year to close out games the question is you know how healthy is he going to be in terms of his ankle but also kind of that lat injury shoulder injury that he suffered obviously I know it's not a huge concern it doesn't seem like it's a huge concern but it seems like that's a thing that could possibly linger, and when you're relying that much heavily on your quarterback, and where he might have to throw thirty five, forty times a game, that's something that can either a linger or b possibly get worse throughout the season. So, Dax's going to, to, going to have to be fully healthy in my mind if the Cowboys want to compete for a playoff spot. At the same time, I think they will. I think they're going to be right there with Washington uh, in terms of competing to win this division. I as I said. The addition of a veteran defensive guy and Dan Quinn, I do expect I don't think this is gonna be like a top ten defense, of course, but I think this should be an improved defense. I I think there might be defenses that are worse. Let's just say
1: that. I, I think I think that's fair to say. Um I think Dak will, will take steps and I think his health will uh clearly be monitored throughout the season and it's concerning, especially after Paying him that much money to 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 hear some of these rumblings uh, about the health after he's had so much time to to recover, so hopefully you know everything is all right with his his shoulder and uh, the Cowboys will be able to compete um, for this division. What do you think is a really a reasonable expectation for for Dallas this year?
0: Well, are you asking me, or you, or you want to ask Jerry Jones? <laughs> Obviously, those are those are two different things. I think. Yeah, know, I think this is probably, and given the division, I think this is a team that has playoff expectations, and I think anything short of that is a disappointment. I think going 9-8, and 8-9, eight, eight and, and missing the playoffs, in my mind, that's a disappointment for this Cowboys team. Now, again, I'm, I don't think they, you know, make the NFC Championship game, so I think it's obviously in between there in terms of making the playoffs, maybe winning a playoff game. But for me, I think not making the playoffs is a disappointment for this organization, especially when you give in the magnitude of the Dallas Cowboys and their and the brand they built really throughout the entire
1: country. I I agree. I think uh the biggest thing will be showing growth in those areas and that will win, lead to more to more wins. So really being in the thick of things, being as Jerry Jones probably wants in that conversation, being talked about um it's as they'll be talked about. One way or or another, we know for sure, I I can't guarantee you much. I can guarantee you they'll be talked about. In a positive light, hopefully. Um, But yeah, in the spirit of competition, I agree. Making the playoffs has to be at the forefront and and the the primary goal for this team.
0: And I would say anything less, at least for them, is a disappointment. So let's go on to the New York football giants, a team that it's really hard to get a grip on in my mind because I think... I think this, I think they have a potentially top 10 defense. You look last year, although it didn't get the recognition, it was a fringe top 10 defense and you look, they signed Adoree Jackson, they drafted Ajiz Ojulari out of Georgia in the second round. So I think this defense, first of all, I think they arguably have the best secondary in the NFL. I think it's right up there among the elite of the elite secondaries. And although the pass rush isn't as strong, I think the additions of OJulari, Lorenzo Carter was having a you know nice year last year before tearing his Achilles early in, in the season. So I could see the pass rushers not being, you know, great, especially when you look at the raw numbers, but I think uh, I think they can create pressure and uh again to go along with a stronger secondary, I actually like this giant sequence. I think it could potentially finish top ten in a bunch of categories. They obviously they upgraded the receiving core, signed Kenny Gaudi to that major deal and drafted Kadarius Tony in the first round after trading back with the Bears. That offensive line is a piece of work. And I think at the end of the day, that offensive line will hold the Giants back. And I've said it before, with an average, if this Giants offensive line can be average, I think they're just as good as the other teams as the Cowboys and Washington, and I think if the offensive line can be average, even slightly below average, and even if they're in that 16 to 20 range, I think the Giants can compete. To go nine and eight, possibly even ten and seven on maybe on a good day, but I just think that offensive line is going to ultimately hold that team back and finish in the bottom three to five. I like Andrew Thomas. I think Andrew Thomas is going to ha- take a positive step in the right direction. He got a lot of uh, hate last year, and I thought something that was really interesting was he allowed eleven sacks last year, which is not good any way you put it, but. Eight of those 11 sacks won the first eight games, just three in the second half. So he obviously showed major improvements, and they also had a change in offensive line coaches at that time, and Judge got more involved in coaching him. So I don't think it was a coincidence. And also, early on in the season, actually, I think it may have even been before the season, he had an ankle injury, which didn't seem like a big deal at the time, but he ended up having to get surgery on that ankle after the year. So he basically played the entire year on an angle that had to be surgically repaired going along with the improvement you saw in the second half so I think Andrew Thomas can be a pretty solid left tackle for the Giants my concern rests with the other guys Nick Gates I think he can be a decent center I think if he were a guard I think he'd be could be a really you know good guard but at center a lot more mental processing reading defenses helping out your young quarterback Matt Pear. I think he has talent, but I think you're asking a lot of improvement from him from year one, year two. Same with Shane Lemieux, great in the run blocking department, really struggling in pass protection, and then Will Hernandez, uh, a guy who showed signs his rookie year, just never really improved. And I just think there's no stability on this offensive line. You're asking from improvement from every you know from every guy, and I think that's okay if you're asking from improvement from two. But you need stability, and the Giants just have no stability in the offensive line. They're banking on a significant improvement from just about every one of those five positions.
1: I, I think, yeah, I think I absolutely agree with you. That line is not something to behold. So it's very, it's, it's going to be scary for Daniel, Daniel Jones, and it's obviously scary for, for the Giants fans out there. I think, for me, um, the two biggest points of emphasis, I would say, was just keeping or... Not regressing. I think Patrick Graham's defense has got to play at the same level of, of But I think they also improved that defense. Exactly. So I think I, I was worried about possible
0: progression as well. But then they signed Adoree Jackson. Xavier McKinney basically didn't play last year. So they're going to get him back. And then, again, they drafted Ajiz O'Julari. So I expect this defense, yes, you know maybe they lucked into some great scheming by Patrick Graham... But I think with some of the improvements they made in
1: personnel, I think that'll make up for it. I, I think and I think that's a I think that's a reasonable expectation for sure. Uh, but I think having them play at the same level, if not higher, is gonna be is gonna be huge. And I think really the biggest thing, especially offensively, is gonna be consistency and rhythm. You're gonna need to play with that. And Daniel Jones, can you with that offensive line though? I, I really don't how much think... can you how
0: much can you do with that offensive line? A big... Uh, something that Jones has often criticized for is his him having to play Hero Ball. He tries to play hero ball. And yes, we criticize him for that and for good reason, but at the same time look at these last two years, and can you really blame him? He's had to play Hero Ball and we were talking before the podcast, other than maybe Sam Donald and the Jets, has there been
1: a worse situation for a young quarterback to come into? I really don't I really don't believe they uh he, there has been. And I think that's part of the reason why an expectation uh, or really a positive that should be looked for. If Daniel Jones can keep his job this year and a really what's going to look to be a make or break year for him, if he can keep his job, that's a win for the Giants. Because that, that really means that they he's overcome such a difficult situation. He's allowed, he's gone in this team to play with some semblance of consistency, some semblance of rhythm on that side of the ball, which is gonna mean they're gonna be competing, you know, to win games. This is gonna be a a team that wins nine, uh, nine games, maybe even ten at most. But uh, if he can do that, this can be a team that competes. Uh, possi- I don't know if they'll win the division. I don't know if that might not that that might not be in the cards. But I think uh, really competing for one of the, maybe the sixth or seventh seed uh, in the postseason. Uh, it can make this division very interesting, but I think it's a big if. But that is what I'm gonna be looking uh, looking for for the New York Giants.
0: And I think we'll see Week One. They play the Broncos. Von Miller, Bradley Chubb. How does that offensive line, you know, handle that that duo? If they, you know, and again, they don't have to be the two best. They don't have to be the best offensive line in football. They don't have to be a top ten offensive line. Just be average. If they can play average football against Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, I think the Giants can win that game. And I think the Giants possibly could go nine and eight or even at best ten and seven. And I seriously um go for that division and challenge Washington and Dallas. So let's wrap the the East now with the Philadelphia Eagles. And I think this is just a developmental developmental year. Um obviously, yeah, they got rid of their quarterback this offseason, Nate Sudfeld. Um <laughs> And of course, Carson, <laughs> Car- you know they traded Carson Wentz, and you look at Philly. They have three first round, potentially three first rounders next year, depending on how much Carson Wentz plays. It's a developmental year. It's a what do we have in Jalen Hurts? You know, can he possibly be our franchise quarterback? Because if he is great, but if he's not, they have more than enough resources to possibly make a trade up if they have to. Drafted Devontae Smith, trying to build the situation around Hurts to be. You know just more competitive to give Hurts a fighting chance obviously made a coaching change with now Nick Sirianni the head coach there in Philly I think this is right now this in my mind is the worst team in that division but again Philly you're more of what do we have in the young guys and who's going to be here for the long term that's what for me defines a successful season for them
1: I absolutely agree I think uh this is Unfortunately for them, gonna be one of the worst teams in football. But that's not always a bad thing. They're they're gonna be developing, seeing what they have in Jalen Hurts, who showed a lot of promise last year. And then if you know again, if if Jalen Hurts can show that he deserves to be that starter, then it's a win win. Obviously, that means that for the Eagles, they can build. All those assets around Hertz and merely start to strengthen a situation that's really only gotten better and better slowly. So I think um, that is going to be the biggest thing for the Philadelphia Eagles, um, and I think this defense could could uh, take some strides as well. Um, they had a lot of injuries last year, and I I think it's gonna it's gonna be how what is the culture there has is Nick Sirianni going to be able to capture a locker room that had really been lost by Doug Peterson? So those seem like things that are very, uh, maybe kind of achievable things that are routine. But that's going to be important for this franchise as it moves forward from a development year into a year where they're really starting to progress. Yeah, and kind of establishing a culture of foundation, that's kind of the
0: first step, first step when step so, let's now go to the NFC North. And I think start off with the Green Bay Packers. It's their division to lose and look, I'm not saying they'll go to the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl, but for me this is Super Bowl or bust. I think losing in the NFC Championship game that's nice, but you don't play to lose in the NFC Championship game or AFC Championship game depending on what conference you're in. For me, it's if they don't win the Super Bowl, it's a it's a down year. Mainly because this seems like the end of Aaron Rod, the Aaron Rodgers era, which obviously for Green Bay you've you know experienced decades of great quarterback play from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. This seems like the end of the Rodgers era. You know it'll be interesting to see maybe the behind the scenes development of Jordan Love, but for this season at least it's super Bowl robust and you know trying to make the most of Rodgers last year in a Packers uniform.
1: I I absolutely agree. This is. Yeah, Super Bowl bust. You said it. Um, this is a really complete team. It's a ball rounded team. It's not a great division. Not a great division either. Um, but it. my main concern of this team is, is Aaron Rodgers fully bought in? I, I, I don't know. That's don't my know. biggest concern as well. I think if he is, then we're genuinely talking about a team that can go to a Super Bowl and has a ch- and a serious mm-hmm. chance to win. What are his motives behind winning the Super
0: Bowl? Is it great, I got the Packers, this franchise, this great fan base, another trophy? Or is it, I just won my second ring? You know, I'm gonna, hopefully I'll win a third now with, you know, uh, my next team. So is it, I got my second ring or I got my organization, this city, another trophy? So what are his motives? And right now, to me, his motives are, I want a second ring. You know, some of his teammates are mine. I think he has a great relationship with guys like Devontae Adams, possibly Alan Lazar, David Bakhtiari, but I think right now his motives are behind him and his close friends more than the team and organization as a whole. And I think, at, and look, when push comes to shove, that could be the difference between a Super Bowl and, and falling just
1: short. And I think the motives are adverse. I think the motives are, all right, I got my Super Bowl, shove it, guys. You know, kind of like, you know, I, I think it's, it, it's kind of going to be like, he gets to be the hero, and it makes the organization, it makes the Green Bay Packers look that much worse when he walks to another team. Uh, and I and I think that at the end of the day, those that's gonna be the, his his motives. And I think as you said, that can be the difference, and I think it will hurt them. And it's also interesting, Devontae Adams. I believe this is the last year of his deal.
0: It seems like talks they broke off. Maybe now they're not resuming now that Rogers is back. But it seems like there possibly could be a mass mass exodus out of Green Bay, not just Aaron Rodgers starting in the year twenty twenty two. So now the the rest of the division's interesting, uh, for a few reasons. Shy let's go to the Minnesota Vikings now. Uh I think a team that another team that fell well below expectations last year. Not saying they should have won their division, but I think a team that could have made the playoffs, shoulda you know, coulda woulda, shoulda had playoff aspirations last year obviously fell well short and i think it starts and ends with that defense which we're not used to saying with minnesota usually you know over the last five years that defense with last year being the exception has been a top seven or so unit and has really been you know a formidable defense that has led that organization to multiple playoff appearances they signed patrick peterson daniel hunter's healthy and ready to go so I expect that defense to be better, and then it's, you know, can guys like Cam Dansler take the next step and kind of complete this defense where, again, almost like when we were talking about the Giants' offensive line, this defense doesn't have to be great. It has to be good enough. And I think it it's taken enough steps towards that where, again, if the offense can be consistent, if Kirk Cousins can be consistent, I think this is a team that can definitely buy for, you know, a wild-card spot.
1: I agree. I think... Uh this defense will improve. I think that they have some issues still in the secondary. But as they talk about a force, a concept that's always brought up in football. We were talking about it before the podcast, rush will help coverage. Um so and, and they also have
0: Harrison Smith back there. So they do have some veteran leadership back there to help
1: guys like Cam Dansler. Yeah. And I think probably the real reason that I'm apprehensive about this team is the offensive line. They haven't done enough, well, in my I, opinion, I, to improve it. The, I mean, they drafted Christian saw
0: They drafted Wyatt Davis. I actually think this offensive line is much improved. One of the more improved offensive lines in the NFL. I really like what the Vikings have done with their offensive line. Let,
1: let me rephrase it. They've done. They've done. They've made the moves to improve. I think that the youth. May not transition immediately. That's into fair. Success. That's fair. That that that's. Often t- you're you're right. I think they've made the moves, but I don't think there might be a yeah. year of development before guys like Davis and Darisaw live up to their potential. I think I think that's uh, absolutely right, um, and I think we're. This is a season that we're also talking about. Well, let me ask you this: Kirk Cousins. This how is his job? kind of be at stake if this uh, team is not competitive.
0: Um I have to huge so this is the first year of his two year extension, 33 million a year, 66 million in total. I have to I would need to look at the guarantees. Cuz you know it's possible that the way this deal is structured, if the guaranteed money is split up pretty evenly, the Vikings might not be able to just part ways with him next year without taking on a huge dead cap hit. If it's structured so there's an out after this year, I think, yeah, no, I am with you. I definitely think, I don't think it's, you know, maybe he's playing, like if he plays terrible, I think it could be the end of the Kirk Cousins era in Minnesota. They might give him another year. Kellen Mond is not ready at all. Yeah, you know, There's a reason why he was, you know, a mid-round pick. And, you know, unless Minnesota really stinks, I don't think they're going to be in a position to draft a quarterback high in the first round next offseason. So I think he's playing for his job to an extent but I don't know if Minnesota is in a prime position to move off of Cousins after this one year I think a more realist, realistic timeline might be 2023 and beyond
1: I, I I think that's fair and this is you're getting a little off topic but if if you know I think Kirk Cousins has shown that he can be a quarterback that can win you games
0: he's a good not great quarterback it's yeah. we, I think he he's a good regular season quarterback he can win a playoff game but in an NFC Championship game, I don't think you're gonna win because of Kirk Cousins. You might be able to win with him, but I don't think he's ever a guy you're gonna win a Super Bowl because of him. So if you're the Minnesota Vikings, is this they were if the Bears didn't trade ahead of trade with the Giants to take Justin Fields, Minnesota reported
1: reportedly was gonna take Justin Fields if he was sitting on the board for them, and, and I, I think and I think that's very telling. I I agree, very telling. So maybe this is you know an off season next year we look into. Is Minnesota considered trading Kirk Cousins with one year on his deal to a team that is a quarterback away, a team that wants to compete but is missing that guy? So... Uh, I just don't know if Minnesota has the resources for next
0: year to... Obviously, I'm not saying, you know, you need a guy who's 100% ready to step into that role, but I don't know if Minnesota has a successor... a, success, a succession plan in place... Uh, After just this one year but again two years on that deal I definitely think this is the beginning of the end of the Kirk Cousins tenure in Minnesota I think this is a team that like if they miss the playoffs it's a disappointing season again I don't winning the division is a plus because I think the Packers are just a better team but and with just incredible talent in Aaron Rodgers at the quarterback position but I think the Vikings definitely should be in the conversation uh, for that, for one of the wild card spots, especially now that you know, starting last year, they're now three in
1: each conference. Exactly. I think, uh, I I don't. I think we should expect them to compete for that seventh seed and be in that conversation. And I think, uh, as you said, making the playoffs uh, for for a team that's that has some issues, has some holes, and has some room for development, but is well rounded enough to really compete. That should be, I think, the goal.
0: Now, I have the Vikings finishing
1: second in this division. You do not. I do not. So, let's move on now to the uh, Chicago Bears. Now, let me tell you a little bit why I think that. I think in Chicago, you've got a team that is a little bit in panic mode. But I think that's going to help them, Alex. I think... You have.
0: I think the team's in panic mode, or some of the organization staff, coaching members, and
1: uh, upper level staff is in panic mode. And I think it may be the staff, but I think that I think they can translate two ways. I think it can translate to a team that looks disjointed, or a team that looks hungry. And I'm I'm betting on the latter. I think we've seen that Nagy coach really well. We've seen him. You know. Coach a very dynamic offense. I'm a little bit worried about that offensive line. With Tevin Tevin Jenkins, who I love the Tevin Jenkins
0: pick. So I know no. a lot of people love the Bears draft for Justin Fields and deservedly so. But I, Tevin Jenkins beginning of the second round, I thought was very good value. A guy who I know both of us thought would be gone in the first twenty to twenty five picks.
1: Yeah, I I that's definitely. Yeah, I think the offensive line. So he's out
0: for the year, so they got rid of Charles Leno. I think that that offensive line concerns me which to see I think you look at Minnesota's again we'll see how some of the young guys develop but right now I like Minnesota's offensive line more than Chicago's
1: I think that I think that's fair but I think some of the things with Minnesota have been historic I think they've spent the draft capital on the offensive line and part of it hasn't worked. So I'm wondering if there's an issue with coaching or an issue somewhere else within the organization. I feel like in recent memory though, this
0: is this some of the bigger steps they've taken. Garrett Bradbury's been solid for them. And I just think, you know, Brown O'Neill's been okay, but you bring in reinforcements in Saw in Wyatt Davis to go along with some of the other solid players. I think the Vikings off the line is more balanced. And I think the Bears' offensive line, I think there's just a lot of holes and a lot of what-ifs, especially when you're looking at guys like, you're relying on a rookie. Like the Vikings, I think, coming into the year, were relying almost less on Darisau than the Bears were on Tevin Jenkins. I,
1: I think that's I think that's fair. And now Jenkins might miss the whole year. I think that's fair. But I think for a team that was really, I know they lost pieces, but a team that I think should be was very good in run-blocking last year, I think... It's not unreasonable to to uh, expect them, you know, to regress a little bit. But I think it's a team which will run the ball well, and that will take pressure off if Justin Fields if he's starting or Andy Dalton. Um, and I think that Allen Robinson is gonna be hungry. I think they're gonna feed him. They have those weapons, uh, especially guys. You know. Darnell Mooney, Darnell Mooney, I really like coming into his second year. Uh, Cole Komet, I think, can take a nice...
0: You know, I don't think he's going to be a superstar tight end, but I think he can be you know a nice middle-of-the-pack tight end that's a nice red zone threat for whomever the quarterback is there in Chicago. I think it'll be Justin Fields sooner
1: rather than later. Yeah, and I, and, and I also think that this defense is going to be much better. Um, it should be. They brought in, I believe it was Sean Desai, to be that defensive coordinator. Um, he is a Vic Vangio disciple, uh, if you will, and I think that will really improve... Um I think they will really improve Sorry, not Shawnessai. I think I think that's the Eagles defensive quarter. No, I think is it no, is Sean Asai? I'm
0: pretty sure you were no I'm pretty I sure it's right
1: at- Chicago's uh D C for okay. this upcoming season. Right. right. Just wanna make sure I didn't get them uh them confused. But yeah, I think uh Vic Fangio Disciple, I think it should be Um, interesting to see this defense improve, especially in that cold weather, get some of those guys back to playing. Is this a playoff team? Because you have, I
0: think Minnesota could, I would have to maybe look at it as a whole, but I think Minnesota could definitely be that 6th or 7th seed, You have Chicago over Minnesota. Is this a playoff team? Because for me, the development of Justin Fields is the single most important thing for the Chicago Bears this season. More important than making the playoffs, more important than what the numbers say or what the record is the number one most crucial thing for the bears is making sure you don't ruin Justin Fields in his rookie year like we've seen some other teams do with the quarterbacks build around fields make sure he's comfortable with the offensive system and continue to develop him so that's for me the most important thing and I think you agree with that but from you know a playoff perspective are the Chicago Bears a playoff team, or at least right in the thick of it for
1: that six or seven seed in the NFC? They're absolutely in the thick of it, and so are the Minnesota Vikings. I just think that the Chicago defense is more well-rounded, is going to be better coached, and better coached overall, I might add. Um, and I think that's just going to push them a little bit um, over the top. And I think Justin Fields is a guy that's 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 ready to play. I think... Uh, definitely, in my opinion, one of the more NFL-ready quarterbacks coming into this class. And I, I think he that. is mobile enough, and I think he's got he's got the accuracy there to be able to power through not having a great offensive line and get this team in that seventh seed.
0: Having said that, we both also think some of the reactions to his first preseason, pre-season game were a little overboard. We liked what he saw, but he definitely did struggle. The touchdown throw was, well, to someone who was wide open, so... We like what we, what we like Justin Fields. We also think some of the reactions have been a little over the top uh, for a preseason game. So now let's go to the Detroit Lions, a team that, from a record standpoint, none of us really like. But I like the direction this organization's going in. I'm a, we're both big believers in their new general manager, Brad Holmes, coming from the Rams, who are allergic to first-round picks. The, the Lions are not... Lions getting penny-sweat seventh overall, I thought was a steal. I love that offensive line, Pennay Su and Taylor Decker. You have your franchise bookend tackles, Frank Ragnow, on the interior. I like the way the Lions are building this football team, and they have a plethora. The, bleh, excuse me, uh, basically they have a ton of first round picks over the next few years.
1: Yeah, I think that this uh, this this offense is looking uh, better and better, and even with you know. Jared Goff might not be the franchise guy, but I think they He can hold down the fort exactly. until they do get that franchise guy. Exactly. I think that offensive line's only gonna get better. Um and We'll see Akuda. I think it's, it it'll be see it'll be interesting
0: to see what kind of steps Akuda took after he really struggled as a rookie. But kinda of like we were talking with Philly, although Philly is more centered around Jalen Hurts, for Detroit it's who's gonna be around for the long term. Who's who are pieces you can build around and possibly be Detroit Lions for the next playoff run. And I think what what is comforting for me is you see both I believe Dan Campo and Brad Holmes got six year deals. So the Lions ownership group also knows that this is gonna be a long, grueling process and that
1: you know they're not gonna rush. And I think that's comforting if you're a Lions fan. I I I I think it's it's spoken from a true Giants fan, it's comforting uh, the the six year rebuild. I'm just pulling your leg. Uh, I think. And Lions have been built, I think the Lions have been rebuilding
0: since nineteen fifty seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One. One playoff win since nineteen fifty seven. Let's not. Let's not compare the Giants and Lions here. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
1: I'll. 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 I'll take one for that after the after the podcast. Yeah. Run. Run. A, run. A, in honor of Joe Judge, run a lap. Um, I. But I agree. It's gonna be about individual development. Uh, that that's it's not gonna be as much as, as, a, as a a team even a defense the offense even as a position group it's gonna be which guys are gonna and, are gonna show growth and like Philly you're Dan Campbell
0: establishing a culture a foundation that you can really build from the ground up exactly a team that could very well have a number one overall pick when all is said and done after the twenty twenty one season so now let's go to the NFC South the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is I, this for me is they are the NFC favorites in my mind they are the NFC favorites yeah I I think I if you want to be the best you've got to beat the best Tampa is the best they have Tom Brady at quarterback incredible talent along that entire offense offensive line is rock solid defense obviously maybe the best linebacking duo in Devin White and Lamont David JPP and Shaq Barrett along with Vita Vea along that defensive line. There are no, are there any weaknesses on this Tampa team?
1: I mean, you want to nitpick and say they're secondary, but I think they have some young talent there too. Yeah, the only weakness is that no one's no team's won a Super Bowl back to back since oh four oh five. But since, other than that, since I, Brady, since yeah, Brady, since did, Brady, it Brady with, did it with the Patriots. So I mean, I think uh, bring it back, win another Super Bowl, and uh, if the you know if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Bring all the ingredients back, repeat the recipe. I mean, I that's. This is a phenomenal team, and that's kind of all I have to say, Alex. There's just like Green Bay, it's Super Bowl or bust. Anything short, it, you know, is, uh,
0: you know, it's disappointing. But I think for Tampa, good for them. Obviously, before the Brady, the short Brady era so far, they had only really had that one Super Bowl. But uh, yeah, Tampa is obviously a team to be reckoned with, and I think it wouldn't surprise anyone if they're right back in the Super Bowl. So now let's go to some more. I think this is a very interesting division. A very interesting division. Let's go to the New Orleans Saints, a team that I like the way they're built. Uh, I like you know Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston, though. That's the biggest question, Mark, and it's what type of quarterback player you're going to get. What are the expectations for this Saints team? Is it figuring out
1: a long-term answer at quarterback, or is it more of they're going to be judged by wins and losses? I think this New Orleans fan base is going to judge this team harshly by wins and losses. And I think, but
0: I, that also could be just you know a harsh fan or you know a fan's perspective from maybe an outside perspective of someone who's right. not being biased. Are you judging this team on you know do you have a franchise quarterback or not, or are you judging it on you know they better go
1: ten and seven and make the playoffs? I'm judging it on both. I think this is a team that besides the quarterback is well rounded enough, and I think it's reasonable to expect a guy with the body of work, even such as Jameis Winston who's shown some promise to take this team uh to be maybe not to the playoffs, but to be real to be a really competitive team. And I think this division will be better than a lot of people think it's gonna be. Um I think Sean Payton is still gonna coach the heck out of these guys. And I think that defense and offensive line, you know, both lines are quite good. I'm I'm I think this team is well built, but then again, it's gonna come down to the quarterback. I think that Jameis Winston is gonna be um, take a step forward this year. I really do like him as a. I think if Dak Prescott was coming off an injury, he'd be my pick for comeback player of the year, or uh, most improved. It, it's essentially it's come back. Uh, it's it's come back, but they also kind of mix him with most improved. But I'm with uh, Dak's gonna. Unless Dak, if Dak plays one game, I think he's gonna win it. Exactly, um, but that just gives you an idea of of what I'm thinking about the Northern Saints. So find that answer is good, but also kind of a mixture of, of of being competitive. If they get average quarterback play, I would expect this team to make the playoffs. I really would. I think
0: they're incredibly well-rounded, very good defense, great offensive line, incredibly well-coached. They really have very few weaknesses. Kind of the Michael Thomas saga is something definitely to keep an eye on because look at this receiving core. Trae Smith is, you know, a nice complementary piece. I There's not there's just not great receivers or receiving weapons. Alvin Kamara is great as a receiving running back. But with him being the exception, if Michael Thomas, which I think he's going to miss quite a few weeks, there's definitely some questions. And I think this team is definitely vulnerable to get beat, to get upset a couple times during this year because although I expect Jameis to, if he is the quarterback or taste him, I expect them to have some good games. I think there's going to be inconsistent quarterback play. And I think that, you know, at the end of the day, if the quarterback play is too up and down, I think it could cost the Saints a chance to compete in the postseason. I, if I had to say it, I think this this team will be able to squeak in, potentially. Uh, but I think that there's just a huge question mark at quarterback play. Quick question before we move on Jason, Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill, are any of them the long term answers at quarterback for the New Orleans Saints? I think Jameis Winston is. Okay. I I don't know. I think they might have like a mid-long term in, like a mid-term and a middle, but I don't know if any one of them are going to are going to be the guy 4 or 5 years down the road. So now let's go to uh, this division just is so fascinating. It is. Cuz let's go to the Carolina Panthers now. I we're big believers that the Jets com- the Jets, you know, completely botched the Sam Darnold situation. that Donald is way more talented than what was showcased while in New York. I'm just afraid that the Jets ruined Darnold so much that he won't be able to come back from it. And I hope that's not the case. I think Darnold is so talented. He finally has the right pieces around him. Terrace Marshall, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore McCaffrey, this Panthers offense is very talented. Their offensive line is much better. I expect this Panthers offense to be pretty good. I'm just hoping that Sam Darn can kind of regain some of the talent he or some of his own talent that he uh, showcased while at USC before being drafted by the dumpster fire that is the New York Jets.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be two things. It's confidence for Sam Darnold, showing that he can run this Panthers offense that wants to be explosive and he can take those shots down the field, fit that ball in there, and, you know, show off
0: the mobility more and yeah. while he's just not running for his. When he showed off the mobility in New York, it was because he was running for his life.
1: Exactly. And still be able to take the occasional hit. I think that's important. Which he joked around that he's taken plenty already in his career. Exactly. Um, but something I really want to see is I want to see this defensive line be dominant. This they defense have- as a whole should be much better. And there's just,
0: as a team in my mind, led by Matt Rule, incredibly well coached. I really like Matt Rule as a, as a young head coach in, in today's NFL.
1: Yeah, I, I, I was I was uh, relatively pleased what I saw uh saw from them last season. I think it's it's a year to build and I think that uh this the accusations for this team should be to trail the Saints, kind of be a game or two behind them and really kind of make them think about uh uh where they are in the playoff picture. And I think um I don't know how competitive this team will be for even for the, the, the sixth or seventh seed. But I think it's possible. I think this team should finish right around five hundred in the eight nine
0: eight and, and eight nine, maybe seven and ten, but really right around that eight to nine win area. I think that's reasonable expectations for the Panthers and and I think you know, we're gonna see. Can Sam Darno regain the talent that we all saw and fell in love with when he was at USC? Last thought before we move on to the Atlanta Falcons. I think it's gonna be a bit of a steep learning curve for J C Horn. Uh, I thought Horn was solid coming out, but I thought he had room to grow. I personally was a bigger Patrick Sertan the second fan uh, when they were coming out in the draft this year. So I think there'll be a, lot, a bit of a steep learning curve, and I'm really interested to see that Panther secondary because there is, because if there is a glaring
1: weakness, it is that secondary of Carolina. I agree. I I really liked Horn personally. And I was a bigger fan than. Than you were, I know, just because of his body of work. The receivers, really pro caliber guys, went up a lot. went up against a lot of them um, uh, at school and college. So, but I I think uh, it's he's he alone, uh, even with being a rookie and having to be that number one quarter right away, is gonna be a lot of pressure. And I think we shouldn't expect uh, uh, a a lot from this secondary, but just that individual uh, improvement will or and that growth will be uh, needed from from him.
0: Cornerback is one of the toughest positions to adjust from the college level to the NFL. So now let's go on to the Atlanta Falcons, a team that, it, you know, I think they're rebuilding, but then you look at this offense, and it's a pretty good offense. that They can be explosive. They trade Julio Jones for a second rounder and, and then some, and I actually really like that trade for Atlanta. I like that trade for both sides. I thought it was a very fair trade, actually. Uh, what are reasonable expectations for the Atlanta Falcons? Because for me... Uh, I think this is a team that might be heading into a rebuild, but they still have some pieces where they potentially could be competitive.
1: Yeah, this team is can so confusing. I really like the Arthur Smith hire.
0: Um, I like Terry Fontenot as the new GM coming from I believe New Orleans, a team that's very well
1: run. And yeah, so I think they've got the 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 coaching and and in the and the personnel in the front office. I think that what this is gonna be what it looks seems to me is kind of the last stand for Matt Ryan
0: well no so that's the thing they restructured his contract so he's basically locked in stone for the next two years yeah I I, I they can't cut him after this year that was the most puzzling for thing for me which I didn't like because I thought this was one maybe two years of Matt Ryan but now you're locked in you're locked in for Ryan's contract for at least two years and are you really going to have that much money on the bench if you're drafting a quarterback next
1: year and eventually start him? I think, you know, that's a, that's a good point. Uh, to me, I think that Matt Ryan, there's a question if, is he going to be the guy long term? I
0: don't, I mean, he's 30, I believe he's 36 years old. So I think he's probably put in place for at least two, maybe three years, but I think in a year or two... I would expect this team to find his
1: eventual successor. And I think I that, wouldn't be surprised if it's in next year's draft. I think that makes sense, but I part part of me thinks that the Falcons want to have you know are treating him like an Aaron Rodgers. It's kind of it's kind of a weird thing. Uh, uh, they were right up against the cap. That's kind of why they restructured it.
0: Um, but I I don't understand that restructure. And for me, this is a this is a team that I don't really know. I think they need to build through the draft and start rebuilding, but it obviously doesn't... It seems like they think they're better than they are. Yeah, this is def- that
1: defense, let me just say, it's atrocious. It's going to be one of the worst in football. And that's just the, the... That's what it is. But this offense, if they can put up enough points, and if they can close games... I mean, they were in games last year, Alex. That offense will be in a lot of games this year that they shouldn't be in. They have a lot
0: of money on the books, though. They're not... I I think it's very much in the realm of possibility this is a team that finishes last in the division and ends up with a top 5 to 7 pick and for all the money that's tied up they should be better.
1: I yeah, uh, I I you know I do expect improvement. I'm expecting 7 to 8 wins just because of the coaching and cuz just a lot
0: in- of but then you think okay, what Tampa's going to win 12 to 13 potentially. The Saints could win 10, Carolina could win 8 or 9. I mean, where are the wins then for Atlanta? If Atlanta's also winning eight, that's just a lot of wins within one division where, you know, it's, it's tough to see that happening. I, I I think that's fair, and I think we'll probably see either a... Carolina or Atlanta drop down to maybe five or six or seven. Yeah. But more in that range.
1: Yeah, I think, I think that's fair. I just think they'll win more of these games because when you're in, you know... Kind of, but there's some statistic. They were in, like, almost all their games were close, and they lost all of them. That's been the way for, like, the last few years, though, and it seems they,
0: they don't have that knack of closing out games. They don't They don't have a a closer, uh, I guess, to put more of a baseball term on it. So let's go to the final division in the NFC, the NFC West, and this is the best division in football, in my mind. It's the best division in the NFC. It's, I think it's the best division in the NFL, who do you have winning this division? We have not talked about this, so I'll be interested. Who do you have winning this division?
1: I have the LA Rams, Alex. I I really really like this team. They're I'm just gonna say they're one of my dark horse football picks. Um, is it? Can they, is that a dark horse pick though? Maybe not. Because
0: I think you can. I think
1: I think coming into. By
0: the way, I've been winning the division too. I think they're at worst the third best team in this in the NFC. I think Bucks and Packers at least early on for me are probably. I want to see Stafford prove it first with the Rams. I love Stafford. I, you know how much I love Matthew Stafford. So I want to see Stafford with a new team just prove it first. And I, and when I say prove it, it's like if he has a good week one, that 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 might be enough for me. So right now they're probably the third best team in the NFC. But again, if we're saying in my mind, at worst, are the third best team in the NFC if they stay
1: healthy? Is that really a dark horse Super Bowl pick? Sorry, not dark horse. The the Bucks, I think a lot. Everyone has kind of penciled them in to be the NFC representative in the Super Bowl. They can decline the Bucks though. They have the, they beat
0: them last year in the regular season, and they got a massive upgrade at the quarterback spot.
1: I think that's true. I You. you I will. I submit. I submit. I think that's that. That's that's fair. I think the, the Rams though are really, really well rounded, and I think where's the weakness on this football team? I'll tell you Ed, my edge
0: rusher maybe, but I think Donald uh, Donald Donald can more than make up for that because he's the
1: best defensive player in the NFL. Yeah, I I think for me it's just about did they lose too much on the defensive side of the ball and not be able to to gain enough because. You know, you might say, oh, Michael Brockers, oh, that that's not a big deal. Donald can make it one, up. One of the more underrated players in the NFL, though, in Michael Brockers. I agree. So really, that defensive line is Leonard Floyd and Aaron Donald and not much else. But I th- I think, like,
0: that—you But you look at that second—they
1: also lost, though, Troy
0: Hill and John Johnson exactly in Cleveland. I still think, though, Jalen—Darius Williams, in my mind, is one of the most underrated players, regardless of position in the NFL— now, it you know, a big reason why is because Jalen Ramsey, but I love Williams as well. So we both have the Rams win the division. Who's you Who do you have... You know, we're running out of time here, but kind of... Who's second uh, in your
1: mind? Who finishes second this year? This is, this is tough for me. I'm going to go with the Seattle Seahawks. I agree. I think they have a lot of
0: holes, but I think with the... Uh, but they have... the the most certainty at the quarterback position in russell wilson i think you know what you're getting in russell wilson and that's a probable mvp caliber season i expect nothing less from him this year the defense we'll see i think there are definitely questions along that defense but seattle is a tough place to play as well i like seattle finishing second and uh the the, this seattle in my mind should be the first wild card spot
1: i think that's very fair to assume and i think this defense needs to get better i think uh, better coached, I think, as well as some of the discipline and just, and especially in the secondary, I think was lacking a little bit last Jamal year.
0: Jamal Adams has to do better in coverage.
1: I agree. He needs to be more of a leader and more of a, of a presence on that defense. On I'm that sure.
0: secondary, they they he they need more from him in in a coverage aspect, uh, especially after paying him,
1: uh, you 17 know, seventeen and a half
0: million yeah. per year. Exactly. So we both like Seattle, a team that I think can challenge the Rams for the division. I think. Those are the two teams. I I love. I I really like San Francisco and Arizona too. But I think there's a bit of a drop off after those two.
1: Absolutely, and you know there are really no bad teams in this division. But well, so Arizona,
0: So for I, see, I'm for me. I want to say San Francisco might finish third, but we don't know how the quarterback situation is going to go. I think Trey Lance has a ton of talent, but it's a safe. But they might be. You know garoppolo provides a higher floor especially as lance is only going to be a rookie i don't really know who finishes third fourth this year i think let's kind of group these teams does a third team from the west make the playoffs especially now with three wild card teams
1: you know that that i'm gonna say yes do you know which one would you like to make a prediction which one I'll go on on the limb and I'll say the Arizona Cardinals Cardinals. get in the third spot and they get the seventh seed.
0: Uh, For me, that defense uh, that I know I like Byron, we'll see what Byron Murphy, if he can take the next step, but losing Patrick Peterson, that concerns me. And I think that that defense, what are you going to get from Chandler Jones coming off a major injury? What are you going to get from JJ Watt at this stage in his career? Obviously, I think those names are two huge names and we expect big production, but what are we really going to get from those two guys at this stage in their careers? For me, that Arizona defense, David Collins, has, you know, or Hassan Redick went to Carolina, I believe. But there's a lot of uncertainty for me with this Cardinals defense. I like I I I'll go out on a limb and Say I think the Niners are going to be the third third best team in that division. Although I do really like Kyler Murray, and I think this offense can be really special this year. Yeah, I think the Niners, Niners have to stay healthy though. They they, do. they, they did they weren't. I mean. They suffered so many injuries, so they do have to stay healthy. I'll say the Niners finished third in this division. Uh, we'll see, you know, I wasn't a huge Trey Lance fan when he was coming out of college, but it did change when the Niners took him. The Nin- when Kyle Shanahan took Trey Lance, my view of Trey Lance did change in terms of how successful I think
1: he'll be in the NFL. I think that's fair. I think the Niners and Cardinals both have secondary issues. Um, yeah,
0: I, I, would ag- I would agree with that. Cardinals have some talent. Uh, they signed Malcolm Butler, uh, so I think you know he should be a you know, nice steady veteran to go with Byron Murphy. Uh, but I think yeah, the second the difference is though, Taylor Jones and J.J. Watt are at different stages of their career than what the Niners have in Nick Bosa. Now Bosa's is coming off the torn ACL, so we don't know what that entails. But I think the Niners just have younger players along that defensive line that can maybe bounce back from these major injuries. Uh, quicker and to be more productive earlier in their return.
1: Yeah, and Cardinals have the, the franchise quarterback. So I think it's 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 really uh which 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 side you wanna choose. But there are pros and cons, I think, right. to both teams. One more last on
0: the Cardinals. I didn't love the AJ Green signing. Um, you know, we'll see what he does. You know, maybe take a flyer on a veteran, uh, and no Larry Fitzgerald this year, it looks like. Uh great career for Fitzgerald. Obviously if this is officially the end, wish him well in retirement so that's gonna do it for the nfc
1: shy do you have kind of any other predictions um so i guess i think i think i'll say that i think tampa bay is gonna be back in the super bowl and i really
0: i think how do you not pick tampa although i I really do like the rams i really do like the rams to give both green bay and tampa a run for their money and i think stafford can potentially. Potentially be in the uh, mvp conversation would be my
1: this 1a 1b right
0: there yeah yeah uh would you also uh would you also maybe like to do an mvp pick if it's in the nfc if it's in the afc maybe wait till i'll i'll wait i'll wait, You'll wait till it. the afc podcast all right so that's gonna do it on fl game time podcast as we re or i guess we previewed the nfc we'll see you next time on the afc preview so look out for that one see you next time